Relevant Radio is listener-supported radio. Give from the heart. Give from the heart. To the radio station that supports you heart and soul. This is the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart. Wake up, America. It's Monday, February 6th. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Morning Air on the Memorial of the martyr St. Paul Miki and his Japanese companions. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverins and producer Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday morning as we begin with day one of our Give from the Heart Winner Pledge Drive. Folks, Relevant Radio truly is a spiritual family made up of each and every one of you. All this week, we're going to be asking you to support our mission of bringing Christ to the world through the media. This is a big week for us. It is our Super Bowl week. Now, time and time again, our Relevant Radio family has been always amazing. You guys have always supported our mission in a big-time way. We need your help once again just to keep going for the next three months. The co-patron of Relevant Radio, my hero, St. John Paul II, once said, it is not enough to know Christ. We must introduce him to others. And that's what we do every single day here on Relevant Radio and on this program on Morning Air. It's all about Jesus. We start each hour during the pledge drive uh, with the powerful memorari prayer, invoking the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, to help us with our pledge drive and for an end to abortion in our nation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn, and patroness of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And every morning we invoke the Holy Spirit here on the show when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Always also pray, Jesus, I trust in you. As always, I want to bring in our morning air team, Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, happy winter pledge drive. What are some of the big stories that you are keeping an eye on here on this Monday morning? Well, pledge drive is certainly a big story, guys, and we'll have lots more of that, of course, throughout the day and the, and the week as well. But in the news headlines, uh, Turkey sits on several fault lines in the Middle East, and they got angry overnight. Uh, two big earthquakes and a major aftershock as well, shaking Turkey, and over 1,300 people reported dead. That number expected to go higher with thousands more injured. This uh, in uh, southeastern Turkey, not far from the Syrian border, folks affected in both countries there, uh, again, uh, 7.5 quake followed just hours after a 7.8 quake, both deadly, again, uh, kind of between Turkey and, and Syria, mostly centered in Turkey as well. But again, death toll over 1,300, uh, many more believed to be killed. That number expected to, to rise. National Security Advisor to the U.S., Jake Sullivan, says the president has directed U.S. aid to assess all response options. Rescuers scrambling, of course, to search for survivors. Thousands, again, have been 
injured in that, uh, that multiple quake situation in Turkey. Just a, a horrible situation there in, in Turkey. Of course, our hearts and our prayers go out to all the people affected in that region of Turkey and Syria. That number 1,300, of course, is going to go up. And uh, we have no idea how many people are injured. Uh, I'm looking at images of the rubble of buildings just toppled over, crushing cars. I mean, it is an unbelievable scene this morning. Yeah, very sad, very sad. So we'll uh, continue to keep folks Updated on that, and do keep those uh, those people in your prayers as well. Another big story of the weekend, of course, the uh, downing of the Chinese spy balloon as soon as it got over the Atlantic, about six miles out, uh, an F-22 Raptor shot a missile and took it out of the sky. Many seeing it live on TV and lots of replays and lots of replays with amateur video as well. The Chinese protesting that a bit, as it is more than just a Chinese weather balloon, like they mentioned. Uh, a lot of debate, though, John, over... Why it took so long to, to shoot it down? We, we saw it in Alaska, tracked it over Alaska, sparsely populated area, saw it over Canada, sparsely populated area, and then watched it through the U.S. where we said we can't down it over the country because it's too dangerous for things on the ground. Montana, fairly sparsely populated as well. We do have relevant radio stations up there and didn't want them to get hit, any of those listeners, but... Uh, I think there's much more to the, the story ultimately that will come out. There's a lot more to it. Uh... I actually saw the replay of it um, just moments after it happened uh, this weekend, and uh, it was quite dramatic the way it was shot out of the sky. But, you know, it brings up the question, you know, again, why wasn't it uh, shot uh, while it was uh, over some sparsely uh, populated areas where they could have actually recovered some of this intelligence that I'm sure um, was already transmitted back to China now that it landed in, uh, you know, uh, ocean waters, uh, more than likely with the salt, it's going to it's going to ruin all of that. So there's very little chance of, of getting a whole lot of intelligence and finding out, um, you know, exactly what the Chinese were doing. You know that they were looking to gather intelligence on, on us. And uh, they also wanted to see our reaction. Well, I think they saw our reaction. We, we took our time. Yeah, maybe part of it too, us studying uh, their equipment to see how it works and how it gathers things. Reportedly, the Pentagon made it so it couldn't transmit anything back to China. Uh, we would hope that be the, the situation. But in the meantime, U.S. Navy ships kind of guarding that search area said to be about a uh, seven-mile-wide debris field. Glenn, on a happier note, I know you're a big football fan. We got the the Super Bowl coming up, Super Bowl 57, this coming uh, Sunday. The Chiefs and Eagles have already arrived in Phoenix uh, yesterday uh, in preparation for that uh, big game. There's a big media extravaganza event tonight. But it was yesterday's event in Las Vegas, uh, the uh, new uh, and, uh, well, some think uh, improved uh, Pro Bowl (laughs) because uh, it was really a, a lot of fun. They played flag football and a whole bunch of uh, really wild games on a 50-foot field. And uh, I thought of you, my friend, because uh, your Viking quarterback, Kirk Cousins, uh, was the the man of the hour there at the end in that final flag football game. Uh, He led the uh, NFC over the AFC uh, 35-33 to win it uh, in uh, in a quite uh, dramatic way. Uh, It it was, uh, you know, for fun. These guys were having a good time. And afterwards, words, uh, Coach Eli Manning of, uh, of the uh, NFC and Cousins uh, talked to ABC. 
feeling great. I'm feeling great. It's a big win. Fired up for these guys. I told Kirk the other day, I said, hey, you're the starter in this game. You can go first. You were pretty good in the fourth quarter of this season. You know, if we're down a little bit, I'd like for you to be the guy. And sure enough, we are down, and he led us to victory. No doubt. Kirk Cousins, eight game-winning drives this year in the fourth quarter. And you come back from behind and lead your team to victory. How you feel about that, my guy? Yeah, Griff, it was a lot of fun. It's just so fun to talk ball with these guys. We all kind of speak the same language at the end of the day. And I went against Eli. You went against Eli so many years, and so it's fun to have him on your side now. And that same calm demeanor that I would see across the field when we played him still has as a head coach. The boys were having fun. That was your boy, Kirk Cousins, Glenn. Saves his best game of the year for the flag football game. That doesn't count. <laughs> Can you believe it? All right. Yeah. As always, uh, we uh, enjoy ourselves uh, chatting about uh, what's happening in the news. But we need to take a short break. Uh, when Morning Air continues, a Catholic author and mom, Kate Wicker, is going to be with us to talk about protecting our kids from having an unhealthy body image. Stay with us. There's much more to come here on Morning Air after a word uh, from Relevant Radio CEO, Father Rocky. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day, this is Morning Air. With John Morales, Sarah Tafoya, and Glenn Leverett. Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. And uh, welcome back to Morning Air as we continue with day one of our Relevant Radio Give from the heart, winner, pledge drive. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Levers and Sarah Tafoya. It's good to be with you on this Monday morning. Remember, we set the tone here on Morning Air for all the rest of the day and for the rest of the week, so we do need your help. You can always find us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Air Show. Uh, if you want to send us an email directly, morningair at relevantradio.com. Now, this morning I want to talk about our kids and body images. In this day and age, our children, both boys and girls, face a lot of pressure. The mainstream media, social media, and even their friends are constantly bombarding them about body expectations, especially teenagers. They're, they're looking uh, at being thin as uh, being a, a way to be happy or popular. Uh, how can we protect our kids from having an unhealthy body image or expecting others to have one? Joining us live this morning is Catholic journalist and speaker Kate Wicker, a morning air regular contributor to talk about this important issue of body uh, issues for our children. Kate is a wife, a mom of five kids, a bibliophile, marathon runner, eating disorder survivor, and a perfectionist in recovery. She's also the author of Getting Past Perfect, How to Find Joy and Grace in the Messiness of Motherhood and Weightless, Making Peace with Your Body. And she's also a health columnist for Catholic Digest. A number, if you want to be part of the conversation uh, with Kate Wicker, is 888-914-9149. Now, um, we want to talk about uh, some of these messages, and uh, we welcome in uh, Kate. Uh, Good morning, Kate. Uh, Thanks so much for being with us here this morning to lead off our pledge drive. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and I hope it's a great, um, beautiful week full of treasure and um, just a lot of gifts for you guys. Um, Because you're the gift that keeps on giving. Well, you know, I really appreciate that. And we always appreciate uh, your your perspective as a mom. Real quick, um, especially for the moms out there listening, uh, why should, uh, you know, everybody, our listeners, but moms in particular, give from the heart and support the mission of Relevant Radio? 
Well, I think mother, motherhood is not meant to be on an island as mothering alone. Um, and I think that Relevant Radio is one of those um, uh, sources we can use to really, um, it's kind of like us going to the well. And we don't do that anymore in America where we're all gathering together and um, have that communion of motherhood and that sorority of mothers. But this is a way to feel like you're not alone and to, to seek that solidarity for something that's certainly a sublime vocation, but is also very, very hard and can be lonely at times. And um, I think we need each other. And this is one way to have that camaraderie, or as I used to say, mom <laughs> and have each other and, and lean on each other and know that we're not alone when we struggle, because there's that temptation to think that, gosh, am I the only one who thinks this is, this is hard? And you're not. Well, which leads us uh, to something that is uh, important for moms to at least be plugged into and be aware of, and that is some of the messages that our kids are getting today about their bodies. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it was so ironic because I was reviewing an old article I had written that's online about raising healthy daughters and sons. Um, This particular article focused on girls, but I think we really need to take a look at um, boys as well because there's a lot of pressure on them. Um, to fit a certain aesthetic as well. But it was ironic because I was just reviewing it, and when I pulled it up immediately, one of the pop-up ads on this website was um, promoting a certain type of fad diet. And it was not only doing that, but it was promoting it for women over 50. And the pictures of the women looked much more youthful than a lot of 50-year-old women look. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, here, you know, it's, it's like waiting in the grocery checkout line. And there's one magazine cover with an airbrushed bikini clad beauty. And then right next to it is a huge slice of pie to bake. And we're sent all these mixed messages about happiness. And the truth is the happiness doesn't come in the big, juicy, yummy, delicious piece of pie or in the bikini-clad body, our, our worth um, when we seek worldly things. I think that's one of the most important lessons to, to give our children. Um, that's, that's not where our worth lies. Um, and the more we try and, you know, fill that God-shaped hole with worldly things, uh, the more we're going to keep pursuing it. And we might find temporary happiness, like we might meet, you know, a, a goal of losing a certain amount of weight or looking a certain way or even um, achieving a certain success or getting into the college of our dreams. But eventually we will we will start to find that that isn't the source and summit of our happiness that that is found in Christ and in doing Christ's work, loving others, being Christ. Um, I think it's not only in finding him, but also then becoming more like him. And you do that by loving others. And um, that's one little tip, too. The more we love others and we look outside of ourselves, the less time we'll have to be um, criticizing our reflection in the mirror or how we look in a picture. And as I'm sharing all this, I think it's important for parents to be a good role model, but I personally am not always the best role model. I've been known to like complain about a picture or to say, oh no, don't take a picture of me right now. But I also am very open to my children that I did have an eating disorder, that body image was sort of my, and still is sort of my um, cross to bear. And it's very related to anxiety and depression and some other things that I've, I've through um, spiritual um, direction and counseling have discovered, but to be very open because I don't want my children to have to follow down that same path. And I think 
by being open because it, it would almost be worse if I was always on a diet or always complaining and then told my kids to love themselves no matter what because <laughs> it's like hmm well, all right you're telling me that but look at your look at you so I've always tried to be a good role model but I'm also very open about when I fail and my own struggles and that I don't see myself the way others or certainly the way God sees me and um, I think that's very important to do as parents um, uh, for your home to be sort of a school of grace and a school of mercy that it's okay when you m- make a misstep whether it's um, not being a good body image or role model or something else, um, so long as you own it and you talk to your kids about it. Because that kind of relieves them to realize, hey, mom and dad aren't perfect. Maybe I don't have to be perfect either. Instead, we're supposed to be seeking a more perfect union in God. Kate, let's talk about uh, our, our children. What are some of the red flags that uh, uh, one of our uh, kids might be suffering from an eating disorder or an unhealthy body image? Well, obviously, if they visibly have suddenly, especially as they're growing, have lost weight, I mean, that's a that's a big one. Uh, a child should not be losing weight. You should be talking in facts, like if a child comes to you and says, oh, oh, my pants are tight or whatever, that's great. That means you're growing, especially as um, girls in particular. You know, when boys go through puberty, they do sometimes get taller and thin out, whereas girls fill out, and that's completely normal, and we need to celebrate that that that's a part of, part of being a woman. And so I think having those kind of conversations are very important. Obviously, if mealtimes you notice that they're, you know, picking at their food or sometimes um, kids will all of a sudden become very picky or um, they will say, listen, I'm not going to eat any of this. I have one child that decided to be, um, she's a teenager, but decided to be a vegetarian as a teenager. And I made sure we talked about, I said, I think this is great that you're wanting to do this and I'm going to support you, but I want to make sure you're not doing this as a way to just avoid eating certain foods because it's very easy to say, oh, well, I'm doing this for um, the environment and because I love animals and love all of God's creation. Um, But then really there's another motivation that you're trying to lose weight. And this was not my daughter's case. She's very healthy. She eats a ton. And um, so having those kind of conversations. Also, if your daughter or son is constantly making disparaging comments or talking about themselves or talking a lot about another um, child they know that they they wish they were, if it's a boy, maybe they were saying they wish they could get more muscles or if it's a girl, I wish I could be thinner or, um, you know, have less curves or more curves, whatever it is. You know, that's an opportunity. It might not mean an eating disorder, but a lot of these little things are kind of gateways to that. Um, I always say the genetic gun is loaded and then our environment and all of these things can make it fire. But even women and girls and some boys who do not have a clinical eating disorder, so much, so many of us are preoccupied with the way we look. Kate, um, uh, we have tip. about uh, less than a minute to go. Just a, a yeah, final yeah, word of, of encouragement of what uh, we as parents can do to protect our kids uh, from having an unhealthy body image. Yeah, as as Catholics, I think one thing to really talk about is that um, we are instruments to serve others and serve God. We are not objects to be tweaked and objectified and edited on Instagram and all of that. And if you can keep your kids until after middle school to have all that access to Instagram. Um, There's been a lot of research that says that if you do that, the body image problems will be less. 
So keep those, those middle schoolers are really developing. So try and keep them and talk about media and talk about that they are beloved daughters and sons of God, and that's where their true worth lies. Well, Kate, uh, as always, really appreciate uh, your perspective. Thanks so much uh, for being with us this morning. Yeah, thank you so much. God bless. Kate Wicker. Uh, you can find her at Kate Wicker. We need to take a short break. When we come back, uh, Professor Harry Kramer, Professor of Management and Strategy at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management, will be with us to talk about time, talent, and treasure. How are we contributing to bringing Christ to the world? Stay with us on this Monday as Morning Air continues. This is the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart. Give from the heart. And welcome back to Morning Air as we continue with day one of our Relevant Radio Give from the Heart Winter Pledge Drive. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance and Sarah Tafoya. It's good to be with you here on this Monday morning to uh, get things going. It's a big week for us. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may attain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable wreath. The Apostle St. Paul reminds us that the spiritual life is like an athlete's race or a sporting event, using the language of sports. And if all players fight and prepare to win a crown like the Chiefs and Eagles in Super Bowl 57, looking for the Lombardi Trophy. But as spiritual athletes for Christ, our goal is the crown of eternal life, an incorruptible crown with our Lord Jesus Christ, our Blessed Mother Mary, St. Joseph, and all the angels and saints in heaven for all eternity. That is our our real goal. I want to encourage you to run the race of life and run to win with Jesus. And we always play with great confidence, Jesus, I trust in you. Now, have you ever stopped and thought about the fact that everything we possess comes to us as a gift from God to be used wisely and shared for the common good? Every day is a gift from God. Stewardship is a fundamental spirituality for us as Catholics, as followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you thought about how you've been contributing to bring Christ to the world, to share about our Lord with others? Joining us live from the Chicago Area's Morning Air, regular contributor Professor Harry Kramer to talk about time, talent, and treasure. How are we contributing to bringing Christ to the world? Harry's a professor of management and strategy at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management and is an executive partner with Madison Dearborn Partners, one of the largest private equity firms in the U.S. Good morning, Professor Harry. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you here on day one of our winter pledge drive. Great to be with you. Always fun. Great to be with you. Professor, uh, bringing Christ to the world through the media is what we do here uh, every day uh, on Morning Air and on Relevant Radio. Why should our listeners give from the heart and take the time to support the mission of Relevant Radio? Well, I think of all of us, John, all of us that gain so much from listening to you, listening to your colleagues, listening to Father Rocky, listening to all the speakers even all of the people who call in and tell their stories. I mean, we all prosper so much from that. And I think one of the problems sometimes is that we very easy, as you know, to take things for granted. Boy, it's, you know, it's great that John and Father Rocky and all the folks do that. that that's just great. 
And then you'll hear and say, oh, well, you know, it needs to be supported. I mean, how does all of this get paid for? How do, how do you raise the money to be able to have all the equipment? And I think sometimes, because we can rationalize, there's this view that I, I tell students, John, of, well, who's going to contribute? Who's going to make all this possible? And we always have this famous group of people called those guys. You know, and that's a gender neutral term here, Chief. It's men and women somewhere. But do we realize that, that we are those guys? If, if all of us could take the time to contribute and, and literally give from the heart, it would make an enormous difference. And often sometimes we say, well, we'll wait for somebody else to do it. Well, wait a minute. No, why, why don't we take the lead? Isn't, isn't that what leadership is all about? Or we'll say, boy, um, well, I, I, don't, I don't really have very much. I'm, I'm struggling because, you know, I don't have enough now to, uh, to get me through. Well, it's not a question of how much. It's a question of can you contribute a small amount? Because as you can imagine, John, given the, the number of listeners uh, that we now have, if everybody contributed uh, a small amount, it would be overflowing. And the amount of work that Relevant Radio could do would double or triple in size. And uh, I, I always think of it that way, John, just the ability to look to yourself rather than to others and realize, you know, every dollar, every dollar can play a very, very big role in the process. No question. Uh, how, how do you put a dollar amount on, on that kind of encouragement uh, and spiritual direction that you get every day here on Relevant Radio? You know, God has blessed us all with uh, the gifts of time. Uh, time is something that uh, we all have in common. You've often talked about those 168 hours a week that we all ha- have. Uh, can you talk about uh, why it's important to have that perspective and, and to really you know, take a moment and think about how we're going to fill those 168 hours? Yeah, that's so important, John, because, and I love this whole thought about it is time, talent, and treasure. If for some reason you say there's just no scenario right now, I've lost my job or whatever, I can't contribute in terms of treasure, but the time piece, you know, what can we do to help God's way? Think about how lucky we feel when we walk into church and somebody's greeting us at the front door or somebody's bringing up all of the gifts at the uh, offertory or somebody's doing the reading. Well, wait a minute. Could I do that? You know, if, could, could, I, could I actually take the time to be that person outside of church who's greeting people as they come in or doing something, or maybe even the person who's cleaning up and collecting all the missiles uh, at, the, at the end of mass? I mean, that ability to say, what would, what would God like me to do to help in some way related to time? Because yes, I've got 168 hours. Boy, I don't know if I've got the time. Well, you got 168. And maybe if you know, we watch television for an hour less a week or did social media an hour less a week. Could we do something at the parish to help the priest and help the folks make a better, better time for all of us that serve at Mass? No question. There's many different ways uh, that we can use our time better, that we can uh, grow in our relationship and our friendship w- uh, with our Lord. I uh, want to talk about it on the other side of the break. Uh, we need to take a, a short time out. If you want to be part of the conversation of how you are bringing Christ to the world, we're taking your calls for Professor Harry Kramer. 888 is the number. We're going to take a, a short break as we uh, continue our discussion with Professor Harry. Stay with us. There is much more to come on Morning Air after this Relevant Radio Miracle Moment. Changing lives in your neighborhood and across the nation. Here's another Relevant Radio miracle moment. This is from Norma in California, and she says, Dear Patrick, once I started listening to your show, I was hooked. 
Sometimes when I hear the hard questions and difficult callers, I find it hard to listen. But you never cease to impress me and make me proud of being a Catholic. As a Catholic, this is nice. As a Catholic, I have many occasions when others attack my faith and I just have to walk away. Since I started listening to you, I've developed the courage to respond instead of walking away. Mm. Sometimes I make sense, usually I don't, but my confidence is growing. I am a Catholic for life, thanks to you. And above all, thanks to God for putting Patrick Madrid on Relevant Radio. Thank you, Patrick. I hope to see you in heaven, Norma. Wow, what a beautiful note. This miracle moment was brought to you by you. Make a tax-deductible donation now to support our mission at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Looking at life from a Catholic worldview, this is Morning Air. And welcome back to Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for tuning in here on this Monday morning. We're having a a very interesting conversation about using our time, treasure, and talent with our good friend and regular contributor to Morning Air, Professor Harry Kramer, Professor of Management (coughs) and Strategy at Kellogg School of Management. Uh, Professor, can you talk about a a few of, of the ways that we can grow closer in our friendship with our Lord Jesus Christ? Well, when I think about this whole topic of time, talent, and treasure, you know, I think of what what Jesus would really want us to do. You know, and I talked a little bit about the time. Think about a little bit of the talent, right? Uh, no matter who we are, there's certain talents that God has given us. And could some of us really coach other people? Could we help the elderly? Could we read to people that, you know, really would love to, they feel like that they're lonely. One of the things, John, that I was very proud of at, at our church, St. Joseph and St. Francis uh, in Wemel, Illinois, uh, Father Wayne basically asked the folks in high school, could you, during COVID, I want to give each one of you a couple of names of people that are elderly, that are in their homes, and to try to call them once a week or every other week, just to say hello. Um, and not only was that something that, uh, that my son Daniel did, but he established some fantastic relationships, and he grew a lot from being able to do that. And the people that he called loved the fact that you know a young fellow from high school was taking the time to call them um, and grow in, in relationships. So it's almost interesting to me, John, that when you give something of your time, talent, treasure, you gain even often more than the person that it, you're doing it for. So it's it's that benefit that goes that goes all around. The the other thing I was thinking about when you're on the break, John, was I thought about, yes, we say, oh, well, boy, I don't know how much I can contribute. But you look at just giving a small amount, what that means overall. I, I, I was wondering, John, being roughly ballpark, how many listeners do we have on relevant radio around the entire country? Just ballpark in terms of total. Do you know? Uh, ballpark, the number that I've heard is around 4 million people uh, plug in uh, all together. Um, yeah. you know, uh, spread out over a, a period of time. I'm not sure exactly of the details, but it is quite a large audience when you consider that we're on not only coast to coast, but also internationally. We are touching yeah. people all over the world in, you know, in, in English-speaking countries, particularly, you know, in Australia, New yeah. Zealand, India, Great Britain, all over besides our, our beloved U.S. 
So, so again, being the old math major, John, think about it a minute, because I, I, that's the number that I heard, four or five million. But think about it, John. If only 20% of those people, let, let's just say one million, if one million people said, you know what, uh, I, I, could do, I could do a dollar a week. You know, I, I could do $50 a year. $50 a year from a million people, John, would be $50 million. Think of the people that we could reach around the world to take this and I know Father Rocky and the team are focused on it. Let's take it from four or five million people to 30 or 40 million people. And just by, by again, by people just contributing a dollar a week, a million people would contribute $50 million, $50 million. And it, and it really does start with, uh, with each one of us. And again, John, what's so fascinating is the fact that not only are we doing it, not only is it what God's ask us, asking us to do, but we all get a benefit a little bit. I think I think you mentioned something about an umbrella, John. I mean, I, what, what do we have to do to get an umbrella? Uh, to get an umbrella, it's only a, a, a mere $20 a month, uh, and that's only today. It's a special gift. I actually, I, I want to get that umbrella. The, the, those umbrellas are, 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 are very practical, and you're you're literally sharing the faith uh, with uh, Relevant Radio's logo right on the on the beautiful umbrella. So for, for a, a $20 a month donation, uh, as, a, as a way of us saying thank you, you can get this uh, beautiful uh, designer Relevant Radio umbrella. And with the spring showers right around the corner— uh, it's uh, not only practical, but useful. Okay, well, that, that's, that's sold, John. There's no way I could get away with not having that. And I think Julie needs one as well. So put, 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 put me down for the $500, uh, 20 a month for two of us, because I'm going to need two umbrellas, John, before they run out. Sounds fantastic. Um, Professor uh, Joan is joining us this morning from Massachusetts. Good morning. Uh, Joanne, I should say. Joanne, Hi, good yes, morning. Joanne. Hi. Hi. Good morning, John. Hi, Professor Harry. So good Hi. to hear you. You're my favorite, you're my favorite guest. Oh, my I goodness. A, <laughs> <laughs> I, ha, I learned so much from you. Uh, I have a quote, now, uh, and when I heard it the first time, it made me cry. So I'm going to try not to cry when I read it. I have a quote from a man named Mark Levy, L-E-V-Y, um, regarding the value of time. And so I, I just thought, if you'd like, I, I'm just going to share that. Oh, I that. love it. Please. Okay. Know. You're going to love it. All right. If you want to know the value of one year, just ask a student who failed his course. If you want to know the value of one month, ask a mother who gave birth to a premature baby. Looks like we uh, lost Joanne. There's great value uh, in our time, and, and it's such a important part of our lives. It's just a matter of how wisely do we use our time and our talents and our treasure. You know, Jesus says, where your treasure is, your heart will be. Yeah, well, I love what she was saying, John, as well, because it's very, very often, as you know, there's this view of, well, I'll, I'll, I'll wait till tomorrow. You know, I, I should really do that, but, but I'll wait till tomorrow, which obviously makes the assumption, John, will we have tomorrow? And I think that was the point of every hour is so important, every day is so important, and what we do with it, what example that we set uh, in, in everything that we do. And I think that's, that's part of what God is calling us to do when we talk about time, talent, and treasure. Less than a minute to go, a, a quick uh, thought on using our treasure. There's so much in the Bible about money, but it's a question of how we use it. Yeah, I really do think if we could each take the time, as busy as we are, John, in our 168, and just ask the question, what would God ask me to do? If, if he just showed up right now and sat next to us, 
What would he want us to do with our time? How would he want us to manage our time differently? How would he want us to use the talents that he's given us? Everything we have has come from him. And if he was sitting next to us, what would he want us to do at church with one another, with with our children? And again, from just a, a treasure standpoint, you know, we, we think sometimes we think, well, we'll wait till later. And it always reminds me of that quote I think I mentioned to you, John, that that my dad always used to mention where have you ever have you ever seen a hearse uh, at a cemetery with a U-Haul attached to it? This stuff isn't going with us, John. So making a difference while we're alive, I think is what God would like us to do. Amen. We're going to have to leave it right there. Thanks so much, uh, Professor Harry Kramer, for, for being with us. Always great, my friend. I'm looking forward to the umbrellas. You take God care. God bless you. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called This is the Time to Give from Daniel Loy. Marquis de Lafayette was a French officer who provided invaluable assistance to George Washington and the struggling American army. After the war was over, he returned to France and resumed his life as a farmer of many estates. In 1783, the harvest was a terrible one, and there were many who suffered as a result. Lafayette's farms were unaffected by the devastating crop failures. One of his workers offered what seemed to be a bit of good advice to Lafayette. The bad harvest, he said, has raised the price of wheat. This is the time to sell. After thinking about the hungry peasants in the surrounding villages, Lafayette disagreed and said, no, this is the time to give. God blesses us not just for our own benefit, but also so we can be a blessing to others in need. The tendency to hoard and try and build up more and more is a dangerous one, and the best antidote to greed is to be a generous giver. There's certainly no shortage of people in need today, and while we cannot meet every need, if we do what we can, God will multiply resources so that it is enough. First Timothy 6, 17 through 19, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Thus storing up treasure for themselves is a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. Coming up next hour, here on Morning Air, our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, will continue his series on morality, virtue, and freedom. Today, we're going to focus on the morality of passions. Plus, Catholic apologist and convert William Albrecht will be uh, with us to talk about the most common questions and objections that people have about the Catholic faith. So stay with us. There is much more to come next hour as we continue with day one of our relevant radio, Gift from the Heart, Winter Pledge Drive. <laughs> 